Hey everyone, welcome to the All Pacers Pod, a podcast for Pacers fans, by Pacers fans, and also the most reviewed Pacers podcast in the world. I'm Jack, and man, we got a fun episode today. I was joined by former NBA player Daquan Jones, who's currently playing in Japan, but got his career started in Orlando with the Magic. Ended up playing for the Pacers preseason team in 2017, and then had a great season with the Mad Ants that year. One dunk contest or won the dunk contest, the G League dunk contest, and also was most improved player in the G League. So super exciting. Had a ton of fun talking to him. That's going to be the beginning of the podcast. And then our producer, Combs, Austin, whatever you want to call him, he's coming on for the second half of this episode. And we're going to do a draft of guys we hope to see get signed to 10-day contracts this year. If you haven't been following the NBA at all over the past couple weeks, you're missing out because, man, it's been a blast. Some of these guys that have signed and we have a wish list, so hopefully some of it comes true. We'll see. But thanks again for listening to this podcast, the All Pacers Pod. If you don't already, go follow us on Instagram at all.pacers or Twitter at all underscore pacers. And finally, if you don't already, subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast listening platform you prefer so that you can be informed and stay up to date with all of the new content we continue to pump out. First of all, thanks for joining us here on the All Pacers Pod. Um, for those of you who don't know, Daquan was part of the Pacers for a brief stint. We're going to talk about that. Played in the NBA, currently living in Japan, and has lived everywhere in between those two, what, 20, 2012 is when you first started your career in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, you making me you making me feel old, man. That was uh that was some time time ago. But uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for having me. Um, I just really look forward to, you know, talking and uh, and, and discussing my, my journey. You played for the University of Miami in Florida, not Ohio, just to clear that up. The, the University of Miami. Yeah, I love it. So you were the, I looked this up, you're the 21st ranked recruit in the class of 2008. Some of the guys that were in that class, Brandon Jennings, Drew Holiday, Tyreek Evans, DeMar DeRozan, those guys were in the top five. Uh, I'm actually pretty close to Louisville, Kentucky, so Samardo Samuels, who played for Louisville. Yeah, I've actually, uh, Samardo, uh, we played together for years. Um, I remember in high school, I actually traveled up to New York and played in the ISA tournament, and we've kind of been somewhat close ever since. He played in Milano. Um, I was in Cantu, so we kind of – it's just funny. I hadn't heard that name in a while. So Yeah, I, ha- I hadn't either. When I looked uh, at the top five, I had no idea he was that high of a recruit. And, uh, yeah, just cool. But you were also in the same class as Kimball Walker, who was 15th. You were 21. Amon Shumpert, 22. Draymond Green was in that class. He was 95th. Both the, the Morris twins, Marcus and Markeith. But, yes, a loaded class. And you ended up in Miami – and I would just love to hear about your time in Miami. And I mean, even let's talk about the recruiting process too. What's it like getting recruited as um, a top rated recruit? And I mean, what other schools were you looking at? I'd love to just like walk through that process with you. Yeah, well, I mean, not a lot of fun was had. I mean, it was Miami. Nah. <laughs> um, 
it was great, man. My experience in Miami was, um, it was, um, it was very fulfilling. Uh, Miami being one of the most diverse schools, you know, not only in the country, but in the, in the world. Um, that was something I really fell in love with on my visit, the diversity, the, um, how multifaceted the university was, and also the, the, the close-knit uh, environment that came with it. A lot of people don't know, Miami is actually like a private institution. So I want to say totaling off at about 14,000 total students on campus and off campus. So <clears throat> it was just a great experience for me uh, not being far from home, and uh, it just it just worked out. On my visit, I was being recruited by Jake Morton. And uh, he kind of, him and Coach Haith at the time, they kind of broke it down to me and explained that I would have an opportunity to play right away. And, you know, it being in a, a power conference that suited my playing style, being uh, athletic. And, um, you know, it was just a great situation for me. And I, I made that decision based on, you know, my recruitment. Like you said, it was close to home, so you didn't have to go across the country to school. Was that like a big part of your thought process when it came to your school? It didn't really weigh that much, but I think being away from home on the visit really made me take advantage and really made me take inventory of, of proximity. Um, just being able to get home in, in, in the event of an emergency and uh, just having my family, my family having the opportunity to come visit and, and visit games. I mean, ACC, most of our games are in North Carolina, you know, or the, the East Coast, so to speak. So uh, I think that that played a part as well. Yeah, that's cool. And I'm sure I haven't done all the research on who you played against during your time in the ACC, but that talent's, you know, every year wildly successful. I mean, we're seeing guys in the NBA have these amazing hall of fame careers who got their start in the acc and um, i'm sure like you got to sharpen your skills playing against some of these talents for sure and i mean not even nba just overseas a lot of guys came out of uh virginia tech that don't get the acknowledgement that they deserve i mean malcolm delaney has you know he's one of the top scorers in euro league um another name that doesn't get get mentioned enough is uh, ad Vasayo. i remember <laughs> as a freshman in the ACC tournament, that uh, a senior AD Vasayo being your matchup, like that was, that was uh, something, you know, I didn't really look forward to. But, you know, in hindsight, looking back, those guys were, were super talented and they went on to have uh, longevity in their career overseas. Let's actually kind of go back to the beginning even. Who were some of your favorite players growing up? Some of the players that you drew inspiration from? Um, and then how did that help you get to where you are now in your basketball career? You know, my dad was a big, big Jordan guy. But for whatever reason, I drew an affinity to Sean Kemp. Uh, I grew up I grew up a, a big Rain Man fan. I liked how his aggressiveness, I liked how he attacked the rim. I liked his uh, athleticism and just the way he – the passion that he had and played the game with. Uh, and you know, I, I grew up as a as a kid. I grew up with this this idea that if I 
was going to be a professional basketball player. This is who I wanted to be personality-wise and just game-wise. So, you know, the cliche answer is like, oh, MJ, but I was a big Rain Man fan. <laughs> or even Kobe around your era too. Right, right, right. Kobe, um, T-Mac. Um, I really, and then being in Atlanta, I really, really was a big Joe Johnson fan. Um, I liked the poise he played with. Um, just his his skill set. It hadn't been. I, I just fell in love with the way Joe uh, JJ played the game. Who uh, he's back in the NBA now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, and you know that's all accredited to to the big three. I saw publicly he gave credit to Ice Cube, but I mean I think as you get older, your basketball and your skills and, and your athleticism decrease, the, your basketball IQ has to as well. Um, and I think Joe did a great job with adapting to the times, but also increasing his basketball IQ to be ready for these situations and, 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 and the position that he's in now, just being a student of the game, playing, mastering the pick and roll. So, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see. After Miami, you went towards the NBA. You weren't drafted. I don't know what was going through your head. If you had an idea that you might get drafted, um, I don't know what that was like, but I'd love to talk about that process of your senior years concluded at Miami and then mm -hmm. all the way up to your signing with the Orlando Magic. What's that process like? Man, that process is, is an emotional roller coaster. Um, I went to uh, Santa Barbara. With, I was working out at P3 in Santa Barbara with my pre-draft class with my agency, BDA Sports. And um, those guys, I mean, they were – I think they were at the gym maybe three, four days out of the week. The other days they were flying and working out for different teams. And we had a pretty stacked uh, class that year. We had John Jenkins. Festus Azili, um, Orlando Johnson, he went to the Pacers. Yeah. Uh, John went to the Hawks, Festus, Golden State. Um, Perry Jones went to OKC. Uh, so, you know, for me as a unknown guy at the time, it was kind of, it was kind of tough, you know, showing up to empty gyms, not having workout partners. You're kind of met with the idea of like, man, this might not work out. This may be, you know, uh, this dream may not come to fruition, but it just, you know, it, it took work. I dedicated myself to it. I dedicated and made my mind up that whatever it took, I was going to do it. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Going, not getting drafted, you know, it was uh, it was pretty tough having my family there. And, you know, everybody is kind of – it's almost like that awkward silence, like – all right, I guess we're going to go home now <laughs> kind of thing. But um, getting the opportunity to go to Summer League and Orlando giving me that opportunity and uh, going to training camp and just having a, a – just putting a culmination of all that work that I put in my whole life, I felt like putting it into that training camp. And, uh, you know, the results spoke for itself. I mean, I was a soccer player, so different – but I was never the most talented guy on the, on the field, but I always wanted to work harder than everyone else. And I know that's something that like you can train yourself to get better. 
at, um, but not everyone has that gift too. So I would guess you're a competitive person um, as well. And is that kind of what has made you want to continue to push forward and um, fight for every opportunity that you've gotten? For sure. For sure. You know, I, I think it's my competitiveness, but it's also a, um, uh, a, a degree of self-reliance. You know, I always, my father always instilled in me, you know, I come from a long line of hard workers. You know, my grandfather, both my grandfathers worked in textile mills. Um, my dad is, as well. So growing up, I saw strong men getting up, you know, before the sun, getting their lunchbox, putting on their work boots. Um, and that's something that kind of stuck with me. And, you know, I, I embody that. It's like every day you put your hard hat on, you go to work. But um, it it's that. But also when I look back at my career, um, I don't want to have any regrets. You know, uh, when I when Coach L took the job in Miami, he gave me he gave the entire team a book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the chapters in it is <clears throat> begin with the end in mind. And that's kind of been a theme for my life. You know, I look back, I look forward to looking back. And when I look back on my career, I don't want to have any regrets. I want to exhaust every physical resource I had. Um, and I want to say, you know, I did everything I could. And I think with that mindset, it, it's, it's almost a, a fail safe mindset to have. Let's actually move into your time in Orlando now, because I was looking through the season before in Orlando. I, I, I had to remember what it was like, because that was the year that Dwight Howard and Stan Van Gundy had that awkward interaction. I don't know if I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But he was traded a month before you were signed to Orlando. And I I know the professional answer would be uh, everyone just went to work, did what they were paid to do, and it, the trade didn't affect the team in any way. But as a fan and an outsider, I have to assume that Dwight Howard moving on in the way that he did and also ending up in Los Angeles with the Lakers of all places – I'm sure that did play a, a part in the mentality and the way people in Orlando, like some of the players, I'm looking at the talent that you came in um, and joined, like Al Harrington, Hido Turkaloo, J.J. Redick, Vucevic was uh, a second-year guy, Tobias Harris was a second-year guy, Aaron Aflalo, who's a sneaky, talented guy for a couple years there, um, Jam Jameer Nelson, too, and like this team is loaded with talent and it just didn't translate into wins. So you're thrust into this uh, situation. You played what? 63 games started a, a handful of those. And I mean, what's it like your rookie year coming into a situation like that? I mean, it, it's a, it's a whirlwind, you know, you, you come into, as you mentioned, um, and not to mention the, the, mid-season trades, Tobias, Bino Udry, um, Duran. It's just a it, – it's literally a whirlwind. And you you come in every day and you don't know what to expect. You know, you – but 
all of that added a different degree of difficulty being a rookie because, again, you're still trying to grasp the lifestyle of the NBA. You're trying to grasp the playing style, the lifestyle. And then it's also a media frenzy, uh, a media storm every time, you know, you speak to the media. After a win, you, you know, somehow they're bringing – they're finding a way to bring up uh, dysfunction. But, I mean, it was uh, it was fun, but I, I think in hindsight, like being a, a quote-unquote veteran now, I understand that we – and not just myself, all rookies. You know, we had Kyle Quinn, Andrew Nicholson, uh, all of us, we, and Mo, Mo Harkless. So I think in hindsight, we look back and – I think we all dealt with it the best way we could. Um, we just, as you said, went to work every day because, I mean, that was all we knew. <laughs> we didn't know how to be disruptive or how to go against the grain. We were just happy to be, just happy to be in, you know, happy to be. What was like that moment for you in the NBA where uh, you just were on top of the world, living large? Um, I would say the first official game. Um and I still have the video, a fan uh, recorded the video. I think it was the first time the announcer announced my name in, like, the starting lineup. Um, we played the Phoenix Suns. I do remember that. That was the first official game we played. The Phoenix Suns, and uh, the announcer just announced my name. And I remember having to almost, like, hold back tears <laughs> because – I mean, your rookie, your first game, like you're in a ball of tears. It's probably not a not a good look from a PR standpoint. But um, I think that was probably the the pinnacle of um, of my experience. That's awesome. So I just looked up the box score. It were you matched up against um, Jared Dudley or Michael Beasley? I was I was I, I matched up against Mike. I was Mike, uh, Mike messed up against B. Okay, that that can't be fun. Second game in the NBA, second game of your career, playing against someone who, if you ask him if he's on the court with the five greatest players of all time in the NBA, he'll still tell you he's the best guy. I'm sure, like the the mental game that he's playing um, with you, especially a, a fresh young blood in the NBA. I mean, what's that like guarding someone like Michael Beasley? Uh, it was cool, man. And like, again, like years have passed and me and B's are actually cool. He works out and lives in Atlanta. So we see each other and play against each other all the time in the summer. And I, I asked him about that moment and he's like, bro, I played so many games. I, I don't even remember. Um, but I, I think one memory that does stand out was, uh, we played the Grizzlies and, um, I think I got a, a and one or a foul call and I'm at the free throw line and Zebo Zach Randolph is like, Hey ref, he's a rookie, man. He's not supposed to get calls. And he said, but he says it like with a, a serious face and I'm looking and I'm like, is he serious? And he's like cursing the ref out. He's like, yeah, he, that's the only call he's getting tonight. And he looks at me before I shoot and like winks <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. You know, um, it was just moments like that, you know, and, and I think the thing that means the most to me is he would come up to me after that game. I think I had like 15 that game or something like that. 
And he would just tell me, like, you know, welcome to the league. Keep working hard. You know, don't get distracted. Keep working. And that meant a lot to me because – and I think that speaks more to him as a person. Um, of course, you know, you hear the stories about him and who he is as a person, but uh, it meant the most to me that he would take the time out um, to, you know, s say that because he didn't have to. And fast forward to three years ago, I actually saw him and his beautiful wife in uh, the Bahamas. And I go up to him and I'm like, you know, like, what's up? You remember me? I'm thinking he he's oblivious. He's like, yeah, I remember you, young boy from Orlando. I'm like, oh yeah. And he asked kind of what I was doing, and I told him I was playing overseas, and he, you know, gave me words of encouragement. So, you know, when a lot of guys talk about the brotherhood of the NBA, these are the things that they mention, and these are the memories and the things that mean the most to to young players. First of all, Zach Randolph is from Indiana. I'm a huge Zach Randolph fan. I really wanted him to join the Pacers last year irrationally. <laughs> Let's actually talk about, I mean, earlier in your career, it could be Miami, it could be Orlando, um, but was there a veteran that stepped up? I mean, it could be Zach Randolph, but was there a veteran that uh, took time just to encourage you, help you become a pro? Um, and what now as a, what, nine year later professional athlete, how are you using some of what you've learned along the way to help young guys who are getting into the sport? Uh, yeah, I mean, Aaron, double A, Aaron Aflalo, he, he definitely um, took me under his wing coming to Orlando. And he kind of instilled a, a work ethic and a mindset uh, that still kind of carries me, you know, to this day. Uh, we used to have a, a saying, we called it the breakfast club. And it's on those long flights back to Orlando, me and him would just sit and talk. And he would talk to the other rookies, but he I think he respected me and, and my path. So he kind of gravitated, you know, towards me a little bit more. But uh, you know, he just talked about just working hard, being the first one in the gym and and being confident and relying on the work that you put in, not just doing it for the sake of saying that you're doing it. But uh I mean Countless veterans have given me uh, just wisdom throughout the years. I mean, Jameer Nelson, um, Big Baby, uh, Al, you know, uh, and overseas, you know, Eric Williams. He was our starting five man at the time. He was a 12-year veteran um, when I came to uh, Cantu in Italy. He was a 12-year veteran, and he kind of – gave me the tools to adjust to playing overseas. You know, those are those are the the, the the things that stick with you, you know, throughout the tenure of your career. And those are just a few guys, you know, just to name a few. I know we got to go here soon, but we got to talk about the Pacers a little bit. And I don't know if it's a happy memory for you or what, but uh, you were signed on September 7th, 2017, to the Pacers training camp roster. Um, and were waived October 14th, right before the season. Ended up playing for the Mad Ants that year. Had a great season with the Mad Ants. A dunk contest. What, were you most improved player or? Yep. Yeah, so I mean, a really good career or a season with the Mad Ants. But I want to talk about Indy a little bit. Like, what's that process joining a training camp roster? 
having to fight for your spot at that point. But I just love to hear about how that whole process went. Um, it was a great experience. You know, um, Indiana has the, it gave me the family environment that I got uh, at the University of Miami. You know, it's just a very close knit group. And everyone in the organization, from my impression, everybody in that organization really cared about the, the livelihood and the, um, just the overall mindset of the players there. Um, but it was just a great experience uh, getting there and, and being embraced by the fans on social media. Um, I know everyone has their opinions about small market teams and blah, blah, blah. But the love you get and the experience you have playing in these cities and on these teams is something that, you know, uh, carries carries you for the rest of your career. But it was a great experience. Um, at the time coming in, I think Glenn had um, he in, he he injured himself in uh, in training camp, so it came down to me and uh, Damian Wilkins, and uh, they they chose to go uh, with Damian because of his veteran you know leadership, and he still could shoot the cover off the ball. Um, but I think the state that the team was in, they had some young guys and some older guys, so. I think they wanted to balance out the locker room and kind of uh, have him bring that veteran leadership, but still a great experience. Even in, in, in Fort Wayne, you know, me and my wife joke all the time about my, my, the best basketball experience I've had just on court, off court was, uh, was probably in Fort Wayne with the fans, with just the town behind you. You know, it, it was, it was like college all over. So, I mean, with Damian Wilkins, too, I mean, that Pacers team was in need of veteran leadership. I don't think they trusted some of the superstars or star players that were in Indy to I, – I don't know how your experience was, but I don't know if the leadership was there. So I, I think you just were in Indy at the wrong time. Uh, Damian Wilkins got that opportunity after not being in the NBA for – I can't even remember how many years at that point, but uh, – yeah, that was a team that desperately needed veteran leadership, and I, I guess he was the guy. Al Jefferson, too, I believe, right? Yep, yep, big Al. Uh, Thad was there, yeah. But, I mean, a great group of guys. I mean, that that uh, that's probably one of the greatest groups of guys that I played with. And a lot of veteran guys in, in, in this business, you a lot of them aren't re really receptive to young guys. But, I mean, all of those guys from day one, Thad, uh, Big Al, I mean, it, it, it almost felt like we grew up together, how inviting and how, how well they embraced me, especially Big Al. Once he found out that my family, that I was born in Alabama, and, you know, he's from Mississippi, so <laughs> he automatically was like, oh, okay, you – I'm uh I'm gonna take you under my wing. So it was it was a great experience though. One more question and then I know you gotta go, but was there any moment or interaction that stuck out to you during your time in Indy? Just like the highlight of your time in Indy? I think probably getting a chance to during preseason start against uh Detroit. We were down a couple guys and, and the coaching staff, you know, came to me and asked me, you know, would you be comfortable starting for us against Detroit? And I, you know, I was like, it, it would be, it would be an honor. And I, I think that was probably the the highlight. Coach McMillan, 
uh, trusted me enough and, and kind of, again, being a younger guy, young guy in training camp, a lot of times coaches don't really take the time because mentally they feel like, you know, you're not going to be with the team or that's instruction or energy that they could be using towards one of the high salary guys. But Coach McMillan, I mean, the whole staff um, really embraced me and, and, and coached me um, as if I was, you know, the second, third guy um, off the bench. So having them kind of trust me uh, in that position to start, I think that was probably the highlight. Awesome, man. And I, I'm just looking through all this stuff and I just keep coming up with all these questions, but I know you got to go. So uh, I'm so thankful that uh, you wanted to take the time to even do this interview. Um, and I just love hearing about the way that you've grinded it out your whole career to get where you're at. Um, you're currently in Japan. And uh -huh. how, I mean, before you go, just quickly, how's that team doing? Um, and then what are kind of your hopes going forward? Um, well, we're, we are... Uh, second in our conference right now. We're probably going through a, a tough stretch. Uh, we got a lot of guys that are, are injured. You know, it's that it's that point in the season. We're probably going into all-star break. So a lot of guys have some nagging injuries. But, I mean, my experience overseas, uh, particularly in Japan, this is my third year in Japan. And I have another year on my contract for next year. But, um... You know, playing in Japan has been, you know, a dream come true from the culture, how inviting they are um, to just furthering the culture of basketball here in Japan. It, it's been, you know, uh, a great joy of mine. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just different. You know, in Europe, in Europe, you have a bad game. You kind of got to, you know, look over your shoulder. But uh, here in Japan, the culture they're so inviting that like they clap for both teams, you know, they're just happy that two teams came together to, uh, to play and, and, and kind of entertain. So, but, uh, it's a, it's a great experience. Yeah. Wild. And it's, I'm not going to get this name right. It's Nishinomiya. 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 Yeah. The Storks. Yeah, dude, that's cool. Uh, so, I uh I also saw that you are expecting a kid here soon. Um mm -hmm. so I'm sure that's even wild raising a child in a new culture that you're not uh that you didn't grow up in. Um so I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks again and hopefully we can do this again soon. Oh uh, man, thank you for having me and um you know, you've got a friend in me, anything you need, I'm here. All right, now I'm joined by Austin co-host slash producer of the all pacers pod yeah co-host right is that what you tell people mm -hmm. yeah but it's it's coast oh the h is there's no dash you just kind of blend it all is it like ghost spelled so you spell it c-h-o-s-t no it's still c-o-h-o-s-t but it's just coast yeah just to save time on that syllables syllable yeah well the syllable's still there as you can hear coast but it's it's almost uh it's almost a Hispanic pronunciation. Oh. Coast. Okay. I'm close to the All Pacers <laughs> podcast. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um I'm glad I'm here too, eating your food. Yeah, you are. I if we didn't start this podcast any sooner, we may have run out of food by the end of the day. Yeah, I may have ate a, two boxes of Cheez-Its. Uh, it looks 
And that whole sleeve of Oreos that I saw you no, eat when you got I here. Didn't. Do you have Oreos? No. Okay. You ate them all. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought you'd buy more. <laughs> so we just finished up the Daquan Jones interview. So, Austin, I'm sure you've had a chance to listen to it at this point. Yeah. I edited it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would know. Yeah. I edited it. So shout out to him. We appreciate that. I've probably already said this in the transition, so whatever. This probably is unnecessary. But – Austin's here because what we're going to talk about now is, first of all, some of the recent games that the Pacers have had, but also the COVID outbreak in the NBA is getting wild and out of control at this point. Scary, scary. And we're seeing all of these players that we haven't heard about in, I mean, like one or two years probably, but some of these guys, it's like they haven't been in the league since... What, Earl Clark hasn't been in the league Some since Some of these 2015? guys are so old, they could die from COVID even with their booster shots. Yeah, so uh, we don't want to make light of the COVID situation. No, we don't. Or make, make jokes make out of it. Make fun of it, yeah. yeah. But, so I just want to clear that up, Austin, before you get canceled out here. Would you cancel me from this podcast? No, 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 no. Never? <laughs> We're... We don't have a lot to choose from, uh, co-host-wise, at this point. That's true, yeah. You're like the NBA. You <laughs> are are limited on your options. Yeah, the the all-pacers pod is very similar to the NBA in that way, yeah. So Jeremy's out there pushing papers. Um, and Allegedly. And that's all, uh, actually, that's all, like, that's the only person that hasn't been on the podcast for a while. So yeah. I guess when he's done pushing papers or can figure out. Jeremy doesn't have COVID, by the way. Yes. Just in case anybody was wondering. He yeah, doesn't. we we want to. Yeah, we just want to say those rumors are false. This is not uh, Chris Duarte, Carson Wentz. Yeah. Okay. Situation. Great transition, Austin. That's why. That's why you're the best at what you do. I know. The best in the biz. I know. So let's get on to Pacers news, and then we're. G- I didn't even say the rest of what we're gonna do. So actually, terrible time for transition because what? Let me finish what I was saying. So what we are gonna get to is we're gonna do a draft of. Guys who aren't in the NBA right now, but guys that we would love to see sign 10-day contracts. I don't know what you were thinking as far as the parameters for this draft, Austin. We just, like, all we talked about was, let's do a draft of guys who might be fun on a 10-day contract. So, I don't know if you're going talent-wise, top to bottom, which you think would be the best in the NBA, what player would. I'm just thinking, let's just draft a fun team of guys that we would love to see play again. Is okay. that is that how you're thinking, too? I think... Anything we do is going to be fun. Okay, love it. So we're going to get to that in a bit, but Austin, if you want to rewind to go back to that transition now. Chris Duarte or Carson Wentz situation. Yes, and also Malcolm Brogdon and Isaiah Jackson. So not only have the Colts been hit by COVID, which you alluded to with Carson Wentz, but the Pacers have three guys out now. That's Malcolm Brogdon was out anyways, though, right? Well, I mean, he's, he's entered COVID protocols. But so, yeah, he, he, he was out, yes. Yeah. So we're down Brogdon, Duarte, and Isaiah Jackson, which to me as a fan means maybe we're going to sign an, uh, a former player to a 10-day contract, a young guy to a 10-day contract. I don't know. Austin, we're going to get into this in a bit like we talked about already, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, with all of these injuries and people entering COVID protocols, we could see a hardship clause come into effect, which – I don't know the exact numbers for when that comes into play, like how many players have to be hurt or in COVID protocols before you can sign new players. But a 10-day contract is in the picture, and we've seen guys recently get signed, like Kiefer Sykes a few days ago signed for the remainder of the season. And today, Nate Hinton, 
I can't even say his name. Nate. Hint, hint. Hint, hint, hint. Do you say Hinton or Hinton? Nate Hinton. I would say Hinton. Nate Hinton. It just feels weird. I'm just going to say. That sounds very country. Nate Nate Hinton. I don't think it matters. It matters, man. It matters. He matters, man. You're right. He does matter. I'm not saying he doesn't matter. I'm saying. You know who does matter? The Atlanta Hawks new forward, Cat Barber. What a name. I've never heard of this 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 guy. He signed, I think, yesterday a 10-day contract, and his name is C-A-T, Cat, and then his last name is Barber, so his, his name's Cat He's Barber. in the wrong profession. He is, man. I don't know if if you cut cat hair for a living, I don't know, would you be called a barber? Uh, You would just be a pet groomer. Oh. I feel like... Yeah. Is that a thing with cats? What's though? the difference between a cat barber and a groomer? Uh, well, maybe barber's just hair, but if you groom, you like do the nails and you give them a bath. But I think people only mainly just get their dogs groomed. Cats, because cats lick themselves. That is a, it's like a self-grooming, self-cleaning mechanism. Nobody D- really. Do you want to give an example? <laughs> I mean, I could put a hairball right here on your laptop right now. That, uh, no, you guys can't see this if you're listening, but Austin's a good three feet, four feet away from my laptop. Uh That'd have to be a projectile hairball. Yeah. Well, I feel like as a human, it would. We have a lot more core strength. Than a cat? Yeah. Also, I'm sitting up, so I would would just kind (laughs) of... So, cats, like if I had a cat here, it could probably jump on top of my fridge, right? That's leg strength. That's not core strength. It's all. It's all part of the human or an, er, an, cat anatomy, right? Right. So I mean, the core plays. You know how like Steph Curry saved his career because he strengthened his core. It helped with his ankle injuries that he was constantly having as a young player. Cats don't exercise their cores. <laughs> I'm just saying. Do they have strong cores because they can jump high? I'm sure that all. No, I'm saying I don't think I think they have weak cores. They have only (laughs) strong legs, maybe strong necks because they're bent over a lot. You know what? I I don't know much about cats, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna say dog guy. Oh, dogs have strong cores. (laughs) So shout out Cat Barber from the Atlanta Hawks. I'm I'm looking new new Atlanta Hawk Lance Stevenson and new Atlanta Hawk Lance Stevenson. Who's the last time I was on this podcast? I gave out a Lance Stevenson six 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 stat. You did. That was the last time. That was the last time I was on this podcast. That was at least wow. a month ago. That was an all-time, an all-time stat of the day. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, may, I think my favorite stat of that the day. That was the stattiest of stat of days. <laughs> so and now he's back. He's back. It looks like they're not going to re-sign him to a ten-day contract. Can't imagine. But I know a team who could use a ten-day contract player, Indiana. So who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe we can start the rumors. Yeah. I also didn't mention Jeremy Lamb has also entered COVID protocols. But yeah, that happened yesterday. So we're down four guys now who have entered COVID protocols. Wild, tough. I mean, I can't believe the NBA season's still going on with what's with how many people are going down or entering COVID protocols. But uh-huh. the fun part about it has been the guys that we've seen sign ten day contracts. But mm-hmm. before we talk more about that and get into the draft we're doing, I want to go through recent games that the Pacers have played. And the last one we haven't talked about, I guess the the farthest game back was December 23rd against the Houston Rockets. And Austin, you know what I just realized? We didn't even do a stat of the day today. We didn't. 
Do you, do you want to give a stat of the day? Sure. Okay. What? Just go ahead. Today's stat <laughs> of the day is the number 15. Do you know why it's the number 15? Former MVP, Nikola, reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, wears 15. He does wear 15, and he might win MVP again. That is not why I picked 15. I picked 15 because in the 2015 season, which technically would have been the 14-15 season, the Pacers went 38 and 44 that year and they didn't have a guy who wore number 15 wait no, no they did actually they did they had a guy who wore number 15 in the 15 season that's that's ironic that's crazy his name was Donald Sloan mm-hmm. and he has been on this podcast no almost on this podcast oh he's almost been on this podcast scheduling errors he had a scheduling error crazy right okay donald sloan started some games that's even crazier <laughs> he was good man he's he good was, at his yeah starts. i mean he was uh, you know maybe he'll make our list but on november 5th 2014 but still the 15th so season we're going back a season now <laughs> no 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 no. this is the same 14 15 season oh, 14 15 okay okay he had 31 points in a loss to the wizards that's crazy, right? Yeah, that is, I mean honestly, 31, 6 rebounds and 7 assists, too. And he had 4 fouls, which means he was playing hard. Wow. Shout out Donald Sloan. Mm-hmm. We love Donald Sloan on the All Pacers podcast, so it's all it's always nice to hear about some of his successes in the NBA, especially with the Pacers. And hopefully we can get him on the podcast someday. We'll see. Hopefully. Hey, Austin, I just want to uh, up give you an applause here. We actually hold our mics here. On the All Pacers pod, so this is going to be tough. <laughs> That's the background clap. No, I don't like that. <laughs> hey, cut that, cut that. So, yeah, Austin, I'm, I'm, I can tell that you have done improv classes before. Yes. That was very on the spot. And you're right. <laughs> Am I right? So, let's move on to where we were going, which was the Rockets-Pacers game. Before we had to do the Saturday, of course. And the Pacers actually won this one, 118 to 106. And no one's surprised. It's the Rockets. They haven't looked great at times this year, especially when Jalen Green's playing. But they've been surging. Without without Jalen Green, right? Oh, he's back. He's back. Yeah. So when I saw Jalen Green was back, I felt good. I don't know how you felt about it. So, uh, like I said, Pacers won 118 to 106. Headlined by, I believe, Karis LeVert was the player of the game. Uh, on all dot pasters on Instagram, but Miles Turner had 32 points, 10 rebounds, and two blocks. You love to see that stat line from Turner, who also shot 14 for 18 from the field. We got to see Brad Wanamaker play one of his last games for the Indiana Pacers, which we didn't even mention in the top of the segment. Brad Wanamaker is no longer a Pacer. That should have been the first thing we said. I lobbied for it from the day that they brought him in. This is what happens when you call your congressman. Complain to your coaches. You can invoke change in your community and amongst your favorite teams. So he was minus seven in this game for plus minus. 
Brad Wanamaker was. Everyone else on the Pacers was positive except for Duarte, who was minus two. But Brad Wanamaker, by far the worst player on, uh, and plus minus in this game, and by the eye test alone, probably the worst player in the game. <laughs> so we saw him play nine minutes. Keelan Martin played two minutes, and then that I mean we played five deep on our bench. It was the regular guys. Oh, and Goga played too. I, I should have mentioned that. I love Goga. I know everyone listening probably feels differently about him, but I'm a big Goga fan, and he actually looked pretty good in this one too. So Pacers won this one. There's not much to talk about. Garrison Matthews, though, on the Rockets, I love him, and I really wanted to see him play, have a good game here. He only had three points. Disappointing in there. But Austin, have you heard of a few of these guys? Have you heard of Usman Garuba? <laughs> Is this a real person? It's a real person. <laughs> he played in a game? He didn't play, but he was on the uh, did not play list for the Rockets. Usman Garuba. Yeah, have you heard of that name? No. Yeah, I, I don't know who that is. Uh, David Nwaba is on the did not play list here. So I, I guess he's still I on I know roster. David Nwaba, and that is surprising. Uh, Daniel House, I believe, was recently waived before this He game. is in the New York now, yeah. I had no idea. He was still... In the NBA. The last thing I remember about Daniel House is in the bubble when he had a female in the room. Yeah, well, and he's married, so he was cheating on his wife with a Disney employee. Well, they could have just been hanging out. Well. <laughs> and then there's also, the reason I wanted to read these names, I read this wrong at first in my head. It says Trevelin Queen. I thought it said Travelin Queen. <laughs> Which would, would have been a funny name. Traveling Queen. Yeah, the Traveling Queen. The Yossification queen. of the NBA. I don't know what it's going to take, but we got to get Traveling Queen and Cat Barber on the same team. That's important. With Usman Garuba. With Usman Garuba. So basically, we just have to get Cat Barber to the Rockets, which could happen. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, Pacers won that one. Let's move on to the next one, which was against the Chicago Bulls of Chicago. Yep. So Pacers lost this one. 105 to 113. Chicago was starting to get healthy at this point. Guys were coming back from the COVID list. They had Zach Levine starting, DeMar DeRozan starting, Kobe White, who I'm a big fan of, Nikola Vucevic, who I'm not a big fan of, but he was starting and he came back after missing a lot of time this year. I don't know how long he was out for. Not that long. So, okay, well, maybe he's been back for a while this year. <laughs> maybe but, he never went out. Yeah, maybe not. But DeRozan, who was probably the best player on the court in this game. I can't imagine people would argue Zach Levine because Zach, Zach Levine, he's kind of trash, but he still had a good game. Wow. <laughs> Zach Levine had 32 points, four rebounds, five assists, and uh, DeMar DeRozan had 24 points. And, I mean, it they just were scoring in bunches. Pacers couldn't keep up. I don't know what it is about this Pacers team this year. What's wrong with the chemistry? I have no idea. But Pacers couldn't keep up in this one, and – like I said, we dropped this one to the Bulls, which we'll play them again here soon. We'll see if anything changes. I don't know. But uh, Sabonis had a tough outing here. Five for 17 shooting, which is 29%. And, I mean, his stats were pretty good. You know, 14.16 rebounds, five assists. But I don't know. They feel like empty stats in that kind of case. So Five of 17 shooting is horrendous. Yeah. So just a tough one. This is Brad Wanamaker's... I think last game, I can't remember if he played. Did he play against the Hornets? No. RP. So Brad Wanamaker played his final eight minutes and 43 seconds here against the Chicago Bulls for the Indiana Pacers uh. with a stat line of two points, two turnovers, zero assists, 
one rebound, and he was two for two from the free throw line. That's where his two points are from. And finished with a minus 14 plus minus, which was the worst <laughs> for either team. <laughs> <laughs> he never ceases I'm, to amaze. I'm, I'm, I'm just over the moon. <laughs> not, not that he's playing bad, but that before the season I came on and I was... I couldn't believe the Pacers had signed him, and you and Jeremy were like, he's not that bad. He's No, no. I've never said he was good. Did I, I said it, maybe he's a defensive player. He's not. He's a nothing player. And I, and I will admit I was wrong about that. If anything, he was just a body to throw on the court. Yeah. As the song says, let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah, well... Uh, he was pretty much hitting the floor, I guess. <laughs> he might as well have just had him laying there on the floor at times. <laughs> hey, but... Uh, Poor Brad. Wait, we wish him nothing Sorry. but the best. Sorry, Brad. Hey, he's on the Wizards now, competing with Aaron Holiday for wait, minutes. Wait, you can't say Wizards. <laughs> Demi Lovato says, you can't say Wizards. I don't know what you say in place. <laughs> you just say magic people. So don't confuse... The Washington Wizards. You can't say Wizards. <laughs> Dang it. Don't confuse. Look, now Washington has two teams without a name. <laughs> they got the football team and they got the basketball team. I'm, I'm going to guess that Demi Lovato won't get her way on this one. Don't, don't say, don't confuse Washington magic team, magic people with Orlando magic. You s- oh, magic people. Okay. Which, because the Orlando Magic, it's not the, it's not like a magic person. It's just general magic. Okay. Do you think it's more like, is there a good kind of magic? Or is it all like dark magic? Is there all, I mean, is any kind of magic kind of in the same category as like voodoo? Like, is all magic like voodoo is a brand? Is there good magic? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah. If I like, Snap my fingers and a pot of hot soup appeared. Yeah, but is that real? Is that real? What do you mean? Is it real? Because is voodoo real, Austin? (laughs) No. What What are you talking about? I'm just asking. If what if the only magic that's real is voodoo? Then magic's not good, right? Well, no. Voodoo does is not a good thing. But I've never seen someone snap their fingers and make a pot start stirring. That's because you don't believe in magic. (laughs) It's like the Polar Express. I have to believe. It's like the Polar Express. You won't hear the bell unless you believe. All right. Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone, if we haven't wished you it personally yet. Yes. And Happy Kwan- Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, <laughs> and New Year, and Thanksgiving. Yeah. I never told anybody from this podcast, Happy Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah, Happy Thanksgiving. And Happy Black Friday. Oh, yeah, yeah. How'd that go? I had just had surgery, so I had to work. I'm I'm glad you're feeling better, I'm guessing. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's move on to the next game, which was last night, which, if you're listening to this podcast, could be two nights ago. Could be three nights ago. I'm going to edit it fast. Okay. So, the Charlotte Hornets won 116-108. to And the Pacers did everything they could to win this game, meaning we cut Brad Wanamaker. Yeah. And we still lost. Maybe they should have kept him for this game because he could have had a revenge factor. Because he oh. used to play for the Hornets. Yeah, and I, I 
I bet his <laughs> what would his stat line be if he played the Hornets? What's a revenge game for Brad Wanamaker look like? Is a plus minus of zero. <laughs> I think a perfect yeah perfect Brad Wanamaker game is two points coming from the free throw line. Maybe he'll miss one shot from the field. Couple assists, maybe a steal, and a zero plus minus. Did he play when we went to the game? Uh, yeah, I think he I, he got in against the Warriors. Got in. I don't remember which we didn't talk about. Austin, you, me, and you, and one of our buddies went to the Warriors game. Yeah, shout out to Seth. Yeah, I say Warriors game because there weren't any Pacer fans there. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> it was it was weird. It it actually kind of like hit me in my heart pretty good. I was I was, I was pretty devastated. That was the first uh in basketball game of any level I have been to since the day before the NBA shut down I was at the Pacers Celtics game oh um yeah it was it was cool to yeah. be back disappointing to not see Steph Curry set the three-point record there yeah he was missing on purpose though because they were at Madison Square probably Garden. yeah turns it out still, it was still a great game also Ray Allen and Reggie Miller were at the Knicks game, the next one they played, but they weren't in Indy for the Pacers game. So I it think was it was rigged. I think it was rigged. Yeah. So, like I said, Pacers lost to the Hornets by eight. And this was a big Terry Rozier fan. Uh, not fan. I am a big Terry Rozier fan. But this is a big Terry Rozier game. Might have been some fans there, though. Yeah, there might have Louisville. been. There might have been. Yeah, I'm sure there were a couple Louisville jerseys. If you were at the Pacers game, I'm sure you saw some Terry Rozier. But he had 35 points and uh, just poured it on all night against the the measly Indiana Pacers. We did get to see Duarte start, which he does deserve to be in the starting lineup for the Pacers, I believe, every night. Just get him some reps. Austin, I did just read that uh, Duarte is the same age as players like Jamal Murray and who else did I see? Darren Fox. Same age as them. That's bananas. Isn't that bananas? Yeah. So they've been in the league for like six or seven years at this point. Duarte's a rookie. He's an old guy. He's an old man. So we did get to see him play. We saw some Kiefer Sykes too, who he didn't look good at all. But I'm Is just, that the guy who went to Kentucky Wesleyan? No, you're thinking Indiana Wesleyan. That's Kyle Mangus, friend of the podcast, Kyle Mangus. Yes. But no, Kiefer Sykes, I don't know. I actually don't know where Kiefer Sykes went to school. I, I want to say Oregon, but I am only – Point one percent confident that he went to Oregon. Well, Let's see. He went to drum roll. Butta, 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 Green butta, Bay. Butta, butta. Hmm. Green Bay. Okay. Yeah. So big cheese head. So yeah, we saw him play. I'm sure he was just a little nervous. It was his, I believe, first NBA game. He was 0 for 4 from the field. Two assists, but still had a plus two plus minus. So hey, shout out to Kiefer Sykes for not having the worst plus minus on the team. Which, if Brad Wanamaker was playing, probably would have had the worst plus minus on the team. Sabonis was three for nine from the field. Levert was eight for twenty three from the field, and I mean our bench didn't really help us much either. Other than O'Shea Brissett, who every time I watch him play, I think, "How is this dude not starting for the Pacers?" Let's trade some guys. My dream starting lineup right now would include O'Shea Brissett, Duarte, uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, Isaiah Jackson getting some time in there too. Like I just want to see some of these young guys getting minutes in the starting lineup and like just getting them reps. Let's just see what they have and let's go from there. So it is what it is for now. We'll see if any trades happen. 
If you haven't heard any of our many trade talks recently on this podcast, go back and listen to some of our episodes. We have some great trades there. We're not going to add any more to that on this episode. We're not going to rehash Brown those. Although you are the trade guy. You are the local trade guy. They call me the local trade guy. Yeah. And I do welding. I do plumbing. I'm the local trade guy. You learn trades over here at Prosser School of Technology, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's move on to the moment we've all been waiting for and the whole reason we're really even doing this portion of the podcast. Mm -hmm. We're drafting our 10-day contract guys. Or sorry, we're drafting guys that we would like to see sign a 10-day contract in the NBA this season. And this doesn't have to be for the Pacers. This can be whatever. I mean, for me, I want it to be on the Pacers for most of these guys. But Austin, I don't. I don't know. Like, you love doing drafts. How do you? How do you want to go about this? Why don't we just go back and forth? Okay. And then how yeah, are we going to decide who goes how many first? People, do you want to pick? Because Jeremy usually does that random number generator, but he's not here. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I will close my eyes and wave my arm back and forth as I'm doing right now. Okay. At rapid pace, and as it starts to slow down. <laughs> what are you pointing for first? Pointing. Yes, is pointing for who goes first. Okay, I'm actually going first. Wow, that was crazy. It actually ended on you. Yeah. It let's see who goes me. second. Okay. <laughs> and I'm waving my arm again now. Man, I hope and it's me. And it is starting to slow down now, and it. Looks. Oh, it's stopping on you, Jeff. Oh, okay, cool. That's cool. That's lucky, because totally random. Mm-hmm. Austin, I don't know. Like, well, okay. Should we do like a guard, guard, forward, forward, center lineup, or does it matter? Just pick five guys. Just I five think. guys. Okay. We're then- at we're at a critical juncture in the NBA. We just need bodies. <laughs> we talked about letting the bodies hit the floor earlier. Let these bodies hit the floor. Which I guess is why Brad Wanamaker's gotten playing time this year for teams. You know, well, they just need bodies in the NBA at this point. Mind you, he was he was on the Pacers before a new variant had come along. That's true. Maybe was the Pacers saw ahead. Maybe they knew something we didn't. Well, they've cut him now at a time where <laughs> yeah. they have they've just had four guys enter COVID protocols. I so. also want to add, Bron, Brad Wanamaker did start one game for the Pacers this year and played twenty two. That's Brad oh. Wanamaker, everybody. That doubled his total starts in his career. <laughs> <laughs> that was his first? He had none? No, uh, he had one in 2019-20 for the Boston Oh, I see Celtics. what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> wow. Shout out to Brad Wanamaker. Good for you. Hey, also, Brad Wanamaker in 1920, his stats, he shot 45 from the field. In 1920? In 2019-2020. In yeah, I mean, the year 1920, Austin. That's what I mean. Obviously. You think if you went back in time? If he w- if he played in 1920, <laughs> he would be in the argument for greatest basketball player of all time. That's what I was going to ask. If we did a retro draft of all the best basketball players in the world in 1920. Mm-hmm. So there is no NBA. Mind you, basketball is maybe like 20 years old at this point. 25. Okay. Would Brad Wanamaker be the number one overall pick <laughs> if we sent him back in time in that draft? Uh, he'd have to be. Is he current Brad Wanamaker? Yeah. He's not like been raised in that era to play basketball? No, no. <laughs> we time travel Brad Wanamaker. Yeah, I think he could average seven or eight points per game. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say, actually, he averaged seven points per game for the Celtics. In 19, 
slash 2020. Okay. Where he played almost 20 minutes per game, but he shot 45% from the field, 36% from three, and 93% from the free throw line. Had a pretty good year, man. That's a, yeah. But oh, he hey. didn't. Your son's home with your mother. All right, we're back. I had to say hey to my kid. He just walked in. Well, <laughs> your mother walked in. Yeah, carrying Holding him. him. Yes, yes, that's right. That'd be weird if he walked in, dropped his briefcase, took his hat off. <laughs> his like, oh, what a long day. What's not a fedora. What's that hat called? Like a bowler? Not a bowler hat. No, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Like has the crease in the middle. Almost a cowboy hat without the big cowboy brim. It's just like a, a a workman's hat. Yeah, a very old. It's a very nineteen twenty. Yeah, thing. I saw. And he put his cigarette out when he walked in. Too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if if that's his attire, he's probably still smoking the cigarette in the house. <laughs> you think? Yeah, I guess nineteen twenties. Yeah, I mean, if cigarettes were good for you, then 1920, right? Nineteen twenty. Yeah. We're back on nineteen twenty. So I, what were we talking about? Brad Wanamaker. (laughs) We need to quit talking about him because he's no longer a Pacer. So let's go on to this draft, which we already did the random generator, and you got first pick. Okay, with my first pick of who I would like to see back in the NBA, I am going to take the Mississippi Bullet, Monta Ellis. Oh, that's his nickname? That is one of them. His other nickname is Robin, which makes me wonder... Was there a Batman and Robin at one point in the NBA <laughs> that consisted of Monta Ellis and someone else? Likeliest candidate, I'm guessing, would be... Paul George. Uh, I was going to say when he was in Milwaukee with Brandon Jennings. Yeah, and maybe. they made it to the playoffs in 2013 as a 38 and 44 eighth seed. <laughs> Monte Ellis' first pick. We might see him this year. I picked him because he was just getting paid by the Pacers until this season. He's still currently oh, he's getting still, paid. Oh, even more reason to bring him back, yeah. And then we could probably get off that contract, right? The remaining balance. Actually, probably. he might be getting paid next year, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, either way, need need for him to come back. I've also been on record saying I would love for the Pacers to stretch out this already stretched out contract that they owe to Montellus for the remaining however many years just to say that we still are paying him years to come <laughs> i say just get it over with yeah like let's well no let's just pay him like eight thousand a year for oh the rest of his gosh. life right <laughs> so last played 2016 2017 for the pacers when he was 31 averaged 8.5 points and shot 44 from the field 44 percent i mean and 32 percent from three this is the player that you want on your 10-day contract team. Monte Ellis can get buckets. Yeah, I, I'm a big Monte Ellis fan, so I'm down. And it was it was mostly because he's still getting paid. Yes. So you might as well just that was get your very, money's worth. Very strict. Would you even pick if you were you. the Pacers? Would you even have to sign him to a 10-day? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know how that works. Yeah, great question. So it's my pick, correct? Or you're not going twice in a row, are you? I could if you wanted, but you can you can pick. Okay, so this one's a very um, sentimental pick for me. This is a guy who I believe should be in the NBA, or at least had a better chance in the NBA. But he was on those Pacers teams that never played their young guys, and I don't know why. But this is Joseph Young, Joe Young, from Oregon. Oh. Loved Joe Young. 
super talented player. Never really got the opportunity I wanted to see him get. I th- Maybe he's pursuing his acting career. Joe Young? Yeah, wasn't he in a commercial with Paul George? Oh, that's right. I thought you were going to go towards the movie Mighty Joe Young. That's I didn't know that was a real movie. Yeah, it was like a King Kong movie, but his name was Joe the Gorilla. It was Oh, no, never saw it. I think it's um I think it's uh what's her name? Yeah, whatever. I can't think of the Reese actress. Reese Witherspoon. Just no, say it's Reese Witherspoon. The one who was in Mad Max. Meghan Markle? No. What? Wasn't Meghan Markle in Mad Men? No, Mad Max. Oh, Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking Why would you ever guess that? I thought you said Mad Men. It doesn't matter. Why would you guess Meghan Markle? Isn't she in Mad Men? I have no idea. But isn't that the queen well, the or whatever? Yeah, she is royalty. Well, I don't know. She got kicked out. Hold on. Charlie Theron. Charlie Theron, who I'm thinking. Mad Men. I swear she's in that show. Hey, Rio just texted me, by the way, Austin. She said, tell Austin I'm going to make jackfruit taco bowls if you want to stay for dinner. Ooh, I don't know if I can tonight. Okay. Do you but want to text that her that? Sounds or good. Just wanna, I guess she'll listen to the podcast later. She'll hear. Uh, let me talk about Joe Young while you look that up. So Joe Young last played for the Pacers in 2017-2018 and then went to China, I believe, after. But he averaged 3.9 points uh, and shot 43% from the field, 38% from three, and 76% from the free throw line. Man, those numbers aren't bad. That's that's a bummer that he didn't really get an opportunity. Still played 53 games, but averaged 10 minutes per game. And the first two years averaged less than that, obviously. But, man, tough. Tough for Joe Young. I'd love to see him back. Coming into this draft, I didn't think he'd be my first overall pick. But you had mentioned the guy that I wanted to draft first overall when you are talking about Monte Ellis, so I didn't want to already say his name. So, Austin, are you ready? Or are we doing Serpentine? How do you want to do this? We'll just go back and forth. Okay, so you're Make up. You ready for your second pick? Yeah, and I just want to go back real quick to Meghan Markle. Okay. Wasn't on Mad Men, but she was on a show called Suits. Okay. And No, she was on Deal or No Deal. That's what it was. <laughs> Wait, what? Was she? I think so. Uh, I think she dressed up as Howie Mandel one episode. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I was probably brutal. I mean, it was probably hard to watch. I don't think she did. I was making a joke. <laughs> did she wear a bald cap? I think she, I think so, yeah. Is she, she afraid of... She, did she always have hand sanitizer? Actually, the way that her bald cap looked made me think that it was like she just actually shaved her head. So I'm pretty sure she just shaved her head. If, <laughs> if some military <laughs> guy in a red coat and a big fuzzy hat that's really tall might get knocked off in the door he walks in right now and arrests us for talking about this no they I'm hate Meghan Markle they hate her they they want us to talk bad about her oh I if think. someone comes in and tries to knight me right now I'm gonna be mad man I'm just trying okay. to do I'm just trying to do this podcast you know okay actually I would probably accept being knighted I would hope you do <laughs> anyways so I took my Joe pick. Young yeah it's your, it's your pick so you can't pick Joe Young okay I'm gonna pick Luis Scola also oh. a former pacer and who was still playing in the Olympics this year. And looked good. And looked good, yeah. Uh, and also, I want to clear up before you talk about him, we aren't just drafting former pacers, just so everyone knows. No, we are not just drafting former pacers. Just You can tell we're pacer fans. But it helps. 
So yeah, Luis Scola is how old is he at this point? Forty one years old. Okay. And it'll be forty two in April. Now, and he had short hair, or he has short hair now. That's right. Got a haircut. Didn't go to college. He's from Argentina. Last played for the Brooklyn Nets in 2016-2017, where he played 36 games uh-huh. as a 36-year-old. He was on. He started 76 games in Toronto on a Toronto team that went 56-26 and 26 and lost in the conference finals. Wow. To Cleveland the year that they won the championship. I didn't know he was on that team. He helped build the championship culture there. Good for him. I mean, that's typically what he does anyways, you know. That's just who he is as a player. Yeah. He starts the process going, you know. And Did it for Indiana. Yeah. I guess Phoenix almost made the – or they made the finals. They didn't get the championship. 07-08, all-rookie. He was actually drafted in 2002 and did not play until 2008. Wow. So a, a great pick there. What what do you think his game would look like in today's NBA? I mean, do you think he could still function even as a 41-year-old player who hasn't been in the league since 2017? Hey, if you can shoot the ball, you can play. I love it. So his last... Uh, shooting splits were 47 from the field, 34 from three. And shooting about one and a half a game. The year before that, he was shooting two a game oh, yeah. in Toronto and shot 40% on three. All so, right. And 45 from the field. Started 76 games out of 76 games played. He's an Iron Man. Toronto. Yeah, wow. So, good pick there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and choose my next guy. And I'm just – I'm going to do it. You had already mentioned Monte Ellis and his wingman – or his Batman might have been Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings was number one on my board. Oh, okay. I'm taking Brandon Jennings. I loved him. I used to have his T-shirt jersey when he first came into the league. I thought he was super talented. Actually, this interview that you just heard with us um, before me and Austin started doing this draft, he was the number one uh, recruit in the 2008 draft class. So he went overseas, ended up making it to the NBA, I think, the next year. And was really, I think his, what, his rookie year had a 50-something... 58-point game or something like that. Do you remember that? Yeah, loosely. He could, I mean, he could fill it up. Yeah, he could. And I, I just loved his how crafty he was and um, how, I mean, he could heat up in an instant and just, like, pour in buckets. So I'm taking him second, and I'm glad I got him here. He's one of my all-time favorite players that never was. So, uh, yeah, I got Brandon Jennings. And let me read the last time he was in the NBA. I think he was on the Rockets, maybe? Oh, I would. Oh know. no, he came back. He came back to the Bucks in 2017-2018. Played 14 games. I remember when he came back and only had 5 points. What? 3 assists, not bad, but 2 rebounds and his shooting numbers were bad. <laughs> Shot 27% from 3. Mhm. But yeah, I mean, he was a he was one of those players that I loved watching, especially when he first came into the league and just it never got fully put together. So Let's move on to the third round, Austin, and who are you going to take here? Okay, I'm going to take Nikola Mirotic. Oh. A guy who was actually pretty good, and I feel like he would still be playing in the NBA, but he left, I think, basically just after he got punched in the face by... No, he was is this, Bobby Portis. It was this offseason. He didn't. He didn't sign with the team this offseason. I think he was the second 
rated free agent on a lot of places on a lot of sites. He went well, to Barcelona. I think he got a lot more money to play there. Well, he hasn't been in the league since eighteen nineteen. Oh, okay. So he must have left after that. Yeah, season then. Okay. But I mean, the guy was good. He played, I think, seven. No, 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 not seven. Fifteen to nineteen. He played five seasons in the NBA, and he was double digit scoring every year. He could shoot the ball. He could rebound half decent. Man, he he is a good player. That I guarantee you, he's filling it up in Barcelona right now. Yeah, no and doubt. And he looks like Andrew Luck, so <laughs> he gives me fond memories. Of he looks like the uh, in Mister Deeds, the butler who has the dead foot. <laughs> That's what he looks like. I to was me. thinking about that today. The very they, sneaky guy. When they go, you remember that? No, I don't remember that part. They're in the house and. They're talk. He's talking about the echo you can do. Oh, that's right. That's right. Don't they put a stake through that guy's foot too at one point? Yeah, they do. Man, and he acts like it hurts, but it actually doesn't. Well, they put a stake through Deeds's foot. Deeds has the dead foot, and he tells the guy, he's oh. like, hit, hit my foot, hit my foot. Oh, that's right. And he's like, ah, what'd you do that for? <laughs> Man, Adam Sandler. Hey, if you're listening, Adam Sandler, we'd love Those to have you on the Those movies podcast. were so good. Yeah, man. That whole Adam Sandler era. He kind of looks like Adam Sandler a little bit, too. Miritich. <laughs> I can see I'd it. say he also looks like Andy Bashir. Yeah, I can see that. But remember, Miritich used to not have a beard. He used to have a big beard. Okay, it's the teeth. Yeah, he needs to grow a beard. It's the teeth, yeah. He needs his... Well, maybe he has his beard back. We don't know. Oh, I'm saying he looks like Bashir, the governor of Kentucky, because of the teeth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He like it's like an awkward teeth thing. You get it. You're in the government. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Nikola Mirotic, great second pick. That might be the most currently talented player out of all these guys, right? I mean, is there a more talented player not in the NBA than Mirotic? Well, I have another one that might be, but you pick. Okay, so my third pick. I'm gonna go ahead and get this guy back into the NBA. That is. Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, Chris Bosh, taking him third. Ooh. I think, if I remember correctly, he is cleared to play. I don't think he's ever going to come back. No. But well, he's in the Hall of Fame now. He <laughs> He's actually in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Okay, so not future. Would they have to take him out? <laughs> I don't know. Is that how he, that works? Well, no, like college coaches, like they're in the Hall of Fame but still coaching. Yeah, that's weird. So I don't know. I, I, think, he could, I think he could still play. Why, why would they take him out? I don't know. Has anybody ever done that? Like, what if he goes? Because you back? have to wait five years after you're done playing. That's right. After you formally retire is the thing. Yeah, I wonder if we'll ever see that someone go back. Yeah, who That's knows? That's interesting, huh? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good question. I would love to see him back though. Let's just let's just say he does come no, back. He would still be playing right now if he didn't have his yeah, no doubt heart problems. Right, I mean, I think it. I mean, he'd be a stretch six eleven. I mean, six eleven. Yeah, he'd be a stretch five. So his last year in Miami, which was fifteen sixteen, he played fifty three games, shot thirty seven percent from three, not bad. Average nineteen points per game. Man, he was still so good. He was still so good. Such a bummer. And was an all star, so only missed yep. the all star game twice, which was his first two years in the NBA, mm. and then made it for the next what ten years. Unreal. So. I'd love to have Chris Bosh on my team, please, for my third pick. Austin, you're up. I'm going to take a guy who just formally announced his retirement but was also in the Olympics, Pau Gasol. Oh. 
I bet you Pau Gasol, if he's healthy, could go in. He'd definitely at least get you some rebounds. Yeah. He became a floor stretcher late in his career. Bring him back. Now, I'm a big Pau, uh, Pau Gasol believer. Was the best player on a couple of championship teams. <laughs> he Hey, in that Lakers series, he was in, in the 20, what was it, 10? Yeah. 2010, he was the best player in that series. Didn't get awarded like it. No, he didn't, but we lived it. We remember. We remember, and we had a Lakers, my cousin Will, we had a Lakers fan come on and say that he probably was the best player in those series. Yeah. So, hey, he's a Lakers fan. We're not just BSing over here. Me and Austin are diehard NBA fans. We know basketball, you know, and we know uh, that Pau Gasol <laughs> was the best player in those series. <laughs> hey, Last, hey, look. Huh? One of my least favorite things is when people and Kobe was obviously phenomenal. Great player. He's a top ten guy. And we're time. not saying this to discredit Kobe in any no. way. But I don't like when people talk about the late Lakers championship teams, which Kobe was obviously the best player on. Do you want more cheeses? Do you need more cheeses to put in your mouth? No, why? I only have two right now. Is it <laughs> I mean, noticeable? It sounds like you have fifteen right now. <laughs> It's not that noticeable. The you want to go? Are you going to go dig a hole in the back and bury some cheese back there? I put him. <laughs> ah, you look like a chipmunk. You have way more than two. <laughs> two. Anyways, listen. It's just the same. You, you just moved them. <laughs> if you if you don't stop making me laugh, I'm going to choke. Do you want me to just tell me what you're going to say, and then I'll just say it? No. Some people try to act like Kobe was the only guy on those teams and like he carried them. Pau Gasol was is incredible, was incredible, and so was Andrew Bynum. And Lamar Odom. And Lamar Odom was a six man of and the Trevor year. And Trevor Ariza. Well, but he was like a role player, yeah. Dude, I was trying not to laugh that whole time you were talking. <laughs> It's not noticeable. You just won't, swallow I'll, the cheese. It's. I'll edit around it. No, I like leave them in, so I suck on them. I get the cheese flavor <laughs> in my mouth. It's like having a dip in. But cheese it's. Yeah, that's why I don't understand people who dip. Why don't you just put a cheese in your mouth? You know, I used to. Uh, I I majored in communication in college because for a bit. No, I I got my degree in communications. Oh. So, one of the, which I thought would cure my lisp. <laughs> it did it. Like, what was the point, you know? Anyway, I used to get in trouble if, like, or people would if you were chewing gum in the front. And it was just, like, a big thing one of our professors hated. Obviously, I don't even know why people would chew gum what, if they were giving a speech. But, you know, just, like, it's a big deal. You didn't want to do that. And it's almost the same way right now. I'm listening to you eat these Cheez-Its while you're going on this huge spiel. And the only thing I can think about is how many Cheez-Its are in your mouth. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I hear what you're saying, but the thing I'm thinking about is the Cheez-Its. You know what I mean? I don't mean? think it was that noticeable. <laughs> Just know that Pau Gasol was really good and would be still if somebody wanted to give him a contract. What's better, 2010, 2011 Pau Gasol or sucking the flavor off Cheez-Its? Okay, well, they didn't win the championship in 2011. Okay, then 2009, 2010 Pau Gasol or sucking the flavor off Cheez-Its? Probably Pau Gasol. <laughs> Probably. He had a 2020 in a game seven. He last played 2018-2019 for the Spurs and then the Bucks. He finished three games with the Bucks, uh, or only played three games with the Bucks. averaged one point per game. That's crazy because they also had Miritich that year. Oh. As like a trade 
buyout. Wow, you love the Bucks. You got Monte Ellis, Miritich, Pau Gasol. Hey. Hey, I have Brandon Jennings. All time Bucks. Wow, unreal. So yeah, we're we're Bucks Pacers draft at this point. So great pick there. I didn't even have Pau Gasol on my list. I have a long list right here. I'm trying to decide who I should take next. So I actually went through the way that I did this, the process I went through was I would look up birth years of NBA players, scroll down till I saw guys that aren't in the league anymore, put them on the list. So I have a bunch of guys. We'll read the ones that we missed at the end. But I also went through and looked up best college players in recent years that didn't make it in the NBA. I went to European basketball, tried to find the best players there, which Miritich was number two on that list. So I have him on my list. I I don't think I was going to take him just because I wanted to pick guys that I, I liked more as a fan. But there was one guy on that list, and I'll, I'll probably read him later. I don't think I'm going to take him yet. Right now, though, I have to take one of my favorite shooters of all time. And I don't even know how old he is at this point. And I don't know how his back's holding up at this point because it definitely wasn't holding up towards the end of his NBA career. But I'm just going to line this guy up for a 10-day contract, put him in the corner to shoot threes, and I guarantee you he'll splash more than 50%. And that's Mike Miller. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't Like I said, I don't know how his body's holding up. I don't even know how old he is. I'm looking that up right now. So he last played 2016-2017 when he was 36, which means he's 40 at this point. That ain't not, that's not old. That's not that or he's, old. He's 41. He's turning 42 in a couple months in February. That's that's pretty old. <laughs> 40 to 42. Yeah. So he last played for the Denver Nuggets, averaged one point per game, two rebounds per game, and shot 40% from three. So I, I'm guessing this was because the shooting was always there. I'm guessing he was just done with basketball at this point. You know? Probably. And I... I mean, just watching him in those Miami series when he couldn't run inside the three-point line because his back was killing him. They would just throw him in to shoot and then take him out in those finals. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think if I just prop him up, maybe even give him a chair, let him sit in the corner, shoot some threes. I, I love Mike Miller on my team. That's my pick. So I have Mike Miller fourth, Austin. And this is our final pick for both of us. We are entering the fifth round. Who are you going to take? Such a tough pick. A lot of good guys. Um, I've already got a couple big men, and Miritich is kind of like a four, maybe a small ball five. But you know what? I think this guy deserves another shot in the league. Maybe there's space for him this time around. I'm going to take Hashim Thabit, who was seven foot three. And the second pick overall and in twenty or two thousand nine. Yep. Played for the Madians last year. Was a was drafted by the Madians last year. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah. But he'll be thirty five in about a month and a half in February. Okay. So I mean he can still at least walk <laughs> on his own. <laughs> he, he certainly couldn't run very much when Let he was me tell in the NBA. You. Let me tell you, when he was on the Mad Ants, he was terrible. <laughs> Did you watch Mad Ants? I didn't. Games? I would look at the box scores just to follow along with some of these guys. Uh, and Hashim the beat's not very good. Look, I was watching the Celtics a few days ago, and he can't be much worse than Taco Fall. 
And Taco Fall just kind of stands out there and gets a bunch of rebounds. Yeah. And is a total nuisance to the offense when he's just standing in the paint because you can't shoot over that guy. So Hashim Thabit, it says he's 7'3", 263 on here right now. He hasn't played since 2014. (laughs) You're taking a real shot on this guy. So he may have put on some weight or lost some weight. He's still in basketball shape. He played for the Mad Ants. Well, they didn't bring him back, so. They cut him midway through the year. (laughs) Maybe he wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. But the last team he was on, the 14 Thunder, went to the conference finals. They they lost to the Spurs, who who won the title that year. But they went 59 and 23 with him. So like he knows how to win. He's he's he. You can say he's a winning player. Yeah. <laughs> he's been a part of winning organizations. He knows what it means to to build a culture. <laughs> and you know the hey, year you don't have to that, argue. Hey, this is your this <laughs> is the last pick of the 10 day contract draft. You don't have to argue why you should draft him. <laughs> I'm taking Hashim to beat, and my team is going to block every shot. Yeah. I mean, you have one guard and four big men. Yep. <laughs> so, okay, my pick, I'm looking at this list. I don't even know who to choose. There's so many choices. But I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to take Michael Beasley. He hasn't signed a 10-day yeah. contract yet in the NBA. I feel like he's the best player left on this list. Well, that There's is There's always even some left. cool videos of him coming out of, like, a equinox of him – Doing up some average schmoes in five on fives. Yeah, it's like he's playing five Austins. Yeah. Well, look, then I, you know, <laughs> I've actually played basketball. Yeah, that's true. It's like he's played against five jacks. There you go. I, well, I played YMCA ball growing up. Mm. So, who did I take? Michael, Michael Beasley. Beasley. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take. Yeah, Michael Beasley. I just, you know what? I love the confidence that he exudes. I'm a big fan of his, just as a fan. And I feel like if he's on the court, anything could happen. At You're any a point. fan of his just as a fan. Did I say that? Yep. Oh, well, I didn't. <laughs> that was the sentence that came out of your mouth. Man, it's getting late. It's already 5.57. It's, it is. It is late. So, yeah. Like I said, I'm just a fan of his because I'm a fan. Well. But, yeah, I'm taking him fifth. I think he'll sign a 10-day contract here soon if I had to guess. With everyone else who's been signing recently, I feel like he's next. Or yeah. at least coming up soon. So, I'm going to take him. But I want to read some of these names that I, I skipped over. I wonder if you have any more, too. Sure. So I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, some names that we missed. Tyreek Evans, who is available to play in in the NBA again. I don't know how he's doing in his life. You think he was doing cocaine? Or worse. Or worse. But that is what you have said. Yeah, and it was all but verified by me. Yes. Uh, I didn't say Larry Sanders. Remember him? Yeah, he was supposed to be really good, and uh, he also drugs. Well, he didn't do cocaine, but he could not stop smoking weed. Yep, he has said that. Speaking of um, OJ Mayo, we didn't pick. Oh, we also. I'm trying to see the guys that aren't in because of drugs. Uh, Adam Morrison was on my list. Would you Would you give Adam Morrison a chance in the NBA now? Sure, we might not have a choice. He is a two-time champ. He he is a two-time champ. Man, he was so good at Gonzaga. Um, Greg Oden, Trevor Booker, Daniel Booby Gibson. That might be a fun one. Didn't Booby Gibson, is he in prison? I think he went to jail at one point. But he's not Our friend Caleb, who's been on the podcast before, I think he said... 
Daniel Gibson was just the fall guy for someone, but also Daniel Gibson's oh, one okay. of his favorite players, so I'm sure he was that. just saying that, trying to believe the best, right? There's potential of that. Hey, you never know. You never know. Um, Josh Smith, remember him? High flyer. Yeah, okay. Josh Smith would be fun. Uh, Yogi Ferrell. I didn't want to read him because I know there's some Purdue fans listening. Man, I'm surprised you didn't pick him. Yeah, well, I, I, I didn't want to be biased. I try not to be biased on these podcasts. He could he could be a seventh guard on a team right now. I bet I bet he gets a ten day contract because I mean I honestly think he's good. I think he's sure. just too small to play defense. Yeah, I mean surely he'll he'll show up again. Yeah, Yogi uh, Mario Chalmers who just went undrafted in the G League draft. Oh, <laughs> Emeka Okafor, who I whoa I believe he just went undrafted in the G League draft he as well. He might be forty. He's thirty eight. He. Wow, he was good though. He was really good. The best player in the Euroleague basketball right now that I saw on a website, Shane Larkin. Wow, remember him? Yeah. Who, um, we didn't mention this, I don't think, in the interview, but played at the University of Miami with Daquan Jones. Okay, and then played for the Mavericks. And then played for the Mavericks, and Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer Fredette, who couldn't shoot in the NBA, but I think did no. he play last year at some point? Maybe. Played recently, maybe two years he ago. He was in China. That's what I'm thinking. I, I always think get the NBA and the China League mixed up. <laughs> I think he's big in China. So he played 2018-2019 for Phoenix for six games. Okay. After taking a couple years off. Probably not by choice. Well, sometimes we all just need a couple years off, you know. Shout he, out to Jimmer Fredette. Shout out. So he played 69 games in 12-13. That's the second year. <laughs> Shot 42% from three on 2.3 attempts per game. He shot, what, one three for the Knicks in 2015-2016. One total? Yeah, one total and hit it. He was one for one for the year for the Knicks. That's 100%. In in two games, he shot one three. That blows my mind. So, yeah, Jimmer Fredette was there. I'm sure we missed some big names that we could have named, but am, am I missing anybody? Did you have anyone else? Um... On my list, I had the big sack, Robert Sacre, <laughs> who I once made two full-court shots with in a game of 2K. Okay, in yeah. A, in a game of uh, shoot it where you get it. Yep, which you're very good at. I, I love playing shoot it where you get it. If you haven't played that, will you explain the rules? Yeah, sure. So shoot it where you get it, 2K. You set the quarter lengths to one minute, and you ha- you cannot dribble or pass. You can only shoot it off of a rebound or during an inbounds, you can try to throw it up the court as far as you can, but then that guy has to shoot it where he gets it. So, Hence the name. Yeah, shoot it where you get it. No dribbles, no passes from, from the opening tip. Yeah, so we, me and you played is what, one-minute quarters, and you one won like 16 to zero? <laughs> no, I didn't you score 16. I swear, you kept getting every offensive it rebound. It might have been like... Eight to two or something. I, I didn't score is the point. The other, th- I mean, the other thing you can do is you can get fouled. You can't yes. do shot fakes, though. Shot fakes are illegal. You didn't tell me that. I didn't know that was a rule. <laughs> well, I didn't do shot fakes, but I feel like you fouled me a couple times. I bet times. you well, – I probably did foul. Well, you know me in basketball. I love fouling. You do love fouling. <laughs> it's an art. But Big Sack was great at shooting where you get it. I got to so- see him play in person I think more than once, actually, when – he was on the Pelicans and the Lakers. And I would guess this is the most Robert Sacre talk that has been on a podcast in the past 10 years. Probably. I don't know when he last played. Maybe the past five years. but 
He would have at least been playing in 2016-17 because that's when I saw him. All right. In New in a New Orleans Pelicans preseason game. All right. Who New else Orleans. did we miss? Uh, Ryan Anderson has actually not formally retired. Oh. He is still in bold on Basketball Reference, and he can shoot the lights out. So maybe he could play. Jan Mahinmi. I thought about him. Jan Mahinmi. Your wife is home now. Yep. She loves France. Jan Mahinmi is French. So he was still in bold. He was also recently still getting paid by the wizard. Uh, sorry, the magic people. Um, J.R. Smith. Oh, yeah, of course. A great candidate. He's playing golf. He's yeah. playing college golf now. But I'm sure he could come back and play. Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters. Who I guy. say I play basketball like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Tolliver, a guy I always love. Tolliver, yeah. Shoot the lights out. That's a funny person to put on a list like this. Uh, and you no, know, I think we should throw Johnny Flynn on there. Maybe he could have his redemption. I love it. He's still, I mean, he's still like 32 years old. So. Yeah. Poor guy. All right, let's wrap this podcast up now, Austin. I don't. If you're listening, I don't know if you can hear the drum set in the background. My, my kids at that point where he wants to start playing drums so this is a good point to get to yeah so i mean we're, we're gonna wrap this thing up austin are you gonna say for dinner that's what everyone wants to know no. no we'll save it save it save your answer oh we'll do a live stream later we'll 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 do a big reveal just like lebron did in the decision <laughs> we'll put a green screen okay. behind you who knows maybe we'll put some crazy weather behind you <laughs> maybe this really just tickles my fancy. <laughs> oh, man, I, I don't want to tickle your fancy. <laughs> don't go tickling my fancy too much now. <laughs> so, yeah, let's wrap this thing up. Thanks for listening to the All Pacers Pod, the world's most reviewed Pacers podcast in the world. And we are a podcast for Pacers fans and by Pacers fans, so we couldn't do it without everyone who's listening right now. But as always, for Austin, I'm Jack. You're listening to the All Pacers Pod. Peace out. <laughs> You want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.